Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome and thanks for joining in with us. Today, we're going to teach you how to grow your business and take it to the next level by getting a better grip on working from home. Now, you know, since being an entrepreneur for well over a decade, I've come to enjoy working from home, though sometimes it can seem to be a curse and heavy with distractions. Still, if you're used to those long commutes, I'm sure you don't miss that. You know, my last job before podcasting required a three hour round trip drive each day in the worst Los Angeles driving times. That was brutal. And it was a message for me to start my own thing. All right. We're going to talk about our view from home with Leslie means. And while we're at it, this is all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. We want to help you get very successful at growing your business to a high sustainable level. And we're going to help you turn into an elite entrepreneur. Yeah, you we're going to help you meet Leslie means she's a storyteller, children's book, author, columnist, former TV anchor and host, and a mother of several children. She started a popular online community and website called her view from home, which has over 2.5 million monthly readers. I think that says it all. Let's get into it and learn. Hi, Leslie. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso show. Hi, Tony. It's an honor to be here. Pleasure is all mine. And we're all looking forward to learning about learning more about how to grow our business from home. You know, it sounds so easy, but it's not so. But before we get into some of those hacks and pieces of wisdom and guidance, can mm -hmm. you tell us how did it all start for you? What's your backstory? Oh, Tony. Okay. <laughs> Let's get started. I um, am a farm girl from central Nebraska. Grew up in a house that my dad grew up in, my grandpa, my great grandpa. I mean, it's been in our family since 1901, right? So I'm this small town farm girl, but even at a really young age, I mean, I can remember as young as six, I would go into the barn and talk to my cats. I always felt like the world was bigger. And I suppose that has something to do with mom and dad. Dad was a farmer, mom was a nurse, but I just, I don't know. I always felt this, this calling of storytelling ever since I was little. I always thought I'd go to New York. I mean, I was like, okay, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I went to uh, broad broadcast journalism was my undergrad major. And I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get my gig. I'm going to start in TV and I'm going to move on up. And, and we started to, my husband and I, um, we met in college and we moved to Houston, Texas. That was like his first dream gig was with the Houston Rockets. He was working for the NBA. And Tony, when you mentioned driving a three hour round trip, I laugh a little bit because I also did that when I was in Houston, you couldn't at the time. You could not get a big TV gig right out of college. I mean, it was like almost impossible. So my first job was in Beaumont, Texas, an hour and a half each way from Houston. So I was driving that every day, three hour round trip 
in Houston traffic. So this Nebraska girl in Houston traffic and the people, they were some of the best people I'd ever met. And the stories, that's when I started reporting, but I missed home, which was so surprising to me. I just was like, here I was this girl who thought I'd just keep, keep going up. And I was like, no, I miss home. I have three older sisters. I'm like, I miss my family. So my husband, because he's fantastic, left his dream gig in the NBA to come back to where I am now in central Nebraska for me to get my first TV job in a small station. So I'm working TV. He's out roguing cornfields. So like picking weeds out of cornfields because he went from his dream job to doing that because he knew that I wouldn't find something in, in the Houston area. And so, cause I mean, and so I could have, I could tell so many stories about that guy and the sacrifices he's made along the way, but okay. I'm in TV. And I work my way up. I'm starting as weekend anchor. And then I said, I really want to, I really want to do the, the morning show, the morning anchor. And that was like 1 a.m. in the morning. I would go in, which was nuts. But I I like I was, you know, go get her. I'm gonna do this. And then when this opportunity came along to start a local talk show, it was 2007. I jumped at that. I was like, oh, this is this is something. I want to do. It was going to interview the the people and the best of Nebraska people in places is what it was. Is kind of how we, you know, pegged it. And I started this talk show and it was, it was amazing on paper, right? For local TV. It's like, I had my girls by then they were uh, two and six months and on paper, it looked great. It was, it was good hours for TV. At that time, I was going in from six in the morning to two in the afternoon. I mean, perfect, right? But I missed something. I was like, what is missing? I knew that there was something more and it's really hard to explain it, but I just, I, I just knew something was missing. And I started looking for jobs, not knowing what I was gonna do or what the goal was. And I got a call from a woman who I'd met through TV and she was actually the, um, the director at our local chamber of commerce. She left a, a voicemail on my work phone and she said, Leslie, I'm at work. And she's like, Leslie, just give me a call when you, when you get this way. And I said, okay, sure. And after I listened to her voicemail, I truly, I thought, wouldn't that be cool if she had a job for me? I called her back. She had a job, which was just bananas and also bananas is the job was at chamber of commerce and and i jumped at it and i took it so i'm this broadcast journalism girl who only knows tv and i jump into the business world and i, I cried the first day i didn't even know what the heck i was doing i had like to do an excel spreadsheet i'm like what am i doing i don't know this but i Loved that side too. And I immersed myself in the business world. And when I started missing the TV side is when I started her view from home. So suddenly I had this business component and the media component, and that's how I merged the two together. Now, I find this very interesting because you would think, I would think being a TV anchor, a TV host of a talk show, that to me sounds like a dream, dream job, but Hey, to you in the audience that you're offering up, I'm already taken, but it just sounds like what an amazing thing. And yet you went from that to the chamber of commerce, 
So I presume you weren't all too happy or wasn't really your calling. And then you went into, you made, then from there you went into, you made a business, a community mm -hmm. out of mm -hmm. around motherhood, around faith, family. So how did that thread come to that vision to create this, this business yeah. that you have now? And, and Tony, I'll, I'll go back to when I was in TV. I, it's not that I wasn't happy. I was so happy and you're right. It looks so good on paper, but I just, I wanted something more in depth and maybe I wanted more control. <laughs> you know, I don't know, you know, entrepreneurs, maybe we want more control of things. Um, but I, I love that my path took me into the chamber. So when I was at the chamber, um, I, I had no, I mean, there's no money. There's not a lot of money in local TV and I don't have any rich uncles. So my husband and I didn't have much. And so I knew that I would have to continue working at the chamber while also doing Herbie from home. And not long after I started um, actually at the chamber, this business plan competition came up with our local university and <clears throat> the grand prize was $10,000. And I actually had two other business partners at the time. And we put together this, this business plan for her view from home. And I'm up there talking about this website, three grown men are the judges and I'm bawling in front of them. Cause I'm like, the world needs this place. They need this website. And we won, we won the $10,000 to start the website, to really get it going. You know, we all bought laptops and, and hired a, a team to help us do all the technical side of things, but 10,000 does not go a long way. And so I was going door to door, business to business, asking people that I knew through TV, if they would advertise on Hervey from home, I mean, 50 bucks here, a hundred bucks there. And it was really hard. And after a couple of years, both of my business partners left and I don't blame them at all because it wasn't making any money. It was only making enough to, we pay our writers. We always have, um, as long as we could from the very beginning. So it was really only making enough to keep the lights on, as I say, and pay our writers. Um, so they left and I'm still working at the chamber and my husband being the good guy that he is, we went out to eat, we're having a glass of wine. And he's like, Les, he goes, I, I think you need to go all in on the business. He's like, you, you have to, you have to put all your focus on that. And I thought, okay. I also knew at that time, I was like, you know, this is really risky, but if it fails and it's not making money, I could go get a job. I could get a job in town. I'd met enough people. Like it would be fine. I still had to help pay bills. And not long after I went all in on the website, it's broke. <laughs> Tony, it's broke. And it was um, June of 2016. And my husband and I found out we were expecting our third baby. And any normal person at this time is like, panicking. I mean, come on, like thus, it's time to quit this crazy idea and get a steady job. But I don't know, God didn't make me like normal like that because I had such peace. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I, I think it's going to be okay. We refinanced our house that month and which means you didn't have to pay mortgage for like one month, which was great. So we saved some money in a month. And not long after we did that, a woman, uh, she emailed me and her view was really pretty small. We have, you know, 1.4 million followers now on Facebook, but at that time it was like 25,000 and she'd emailed me and she said, Leslie, I've been praying about it. I, I really want you to share my story on her view from home. And I read it and it was 
it was a story that she wrote. Her friend had died by suicide um, four months after her baby was born from postpartum depression. And she wanted to share the story on her view to help other women know that they're not alone in the signs and all those things. And I thought, gosh, yeah, we would be humbled, honored to share that. And after that article was published, uh, the site was never the same. And more importantly, uh, we got an email from a woman who said that article had saved her life. And I thought, okay, like this is, you know, for me, it's always a God whisper. I say, I'm like, okay, this is it. I'm going to keep going. This thing is bigger than me. It has a bigger purpose than me. And I'm going to go as, as long as I can, because there's so much purpose in, in what we're doing. We're talking about our view from home with Leslie Means, and you can find her at her view from home. That's four words, her view from home.com. Leslie, let's get a little bit into your vision path here. And you had just talked about, and you said a magic word to me is you talked about your purpose. And you also talked about working for some years, really without much money, you paid your writers, you kept your electricity going for the light bulbs, your partners left. And that shows to me that shows that you have the perfect job, the perfect calling. Why? Because it's what you get up every day to do. It's what you do regardless of the money. It's something that yep. you love to do. That's what I, those aren't the words you said. Those are, but just, um, yep. those are the words I heard as an Italian here. I'm like, she just loves doing this. So yep. I got to ask you that question first, before we get into it further, what's your purpose? Why are you doing what you do with this? Mm. Tony, that's a good one. I mean, the purpose is to share everyone's story. And I, I feel like, I feel like these interviews, these are like, you're like being my therapist today, Tony, because I, I didn't realize it now it, I'm almost 41, but I didn't realize it even as a six-year-old little girl on the farm of how I knew how important my story was. I knew how important mom and dad's story. My, I just felt it. And, and I don't, I, I don't know if that is What's pushing me, I think so, though, is that I want everyone to know that their story is also important. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're well-known or if your neighbor's not even sure who you are. I know that your story is important and valuable and that the world needs it. And I think that is truly, as I go along, I'm like, I just want all people, but women in general, mothers, to know that what they do is important and that their story matters. I get you on that. Now I'm going to mm -hmm. go back in time just a little bit, just to summarize. Here you are, what I consider a dream job. Yeah, we said that before. You're this TV anchor. Mm -hmm. You get a call to get a job for less pay. How mm -hmm. how cool is that, everybody? <laughs> a job for less pay. This is like woohoo! All right, so you go for <laughs> you go and get this job for less pay uh -huh. at the uh, city council or wh whatever mm -hmm. the exact job chamber. Of, yep, mm -hmm. chamber. And then you find out about this business plan competition. So, so why was that interesting? Because here you are, you really like this job. I presume you have more control over it and it's a little bit different. So I'm just trying to understand some of the um, circumstances that made you go bing, bing, bing all the way to that. Yeah. Well, Tony, I would have no idea how to run a business without all of that. For me, it's, it's uh it's very God whispery that that all kind of lined up, but I knew with that moment that I had 
to do that. I didn't even know how to write the business plan. It was my business partners who wrote it. I was just the one who knew that I could get up there and be emotional and, and tell the story of what it was. And I think that's, I know now it's because I know what is a good story and we know how to tell it. And we know that everyone has one. And I didn't see that happening on the internet. And so that was such a big purpose for me to push that. And I think that's one why we won, obviously, the business plan competition. But if I didn't have, you know, the chamber, if I didn't have those connections, I don't know if I would have been able to take the business to where it is today. So it's so funny to me how those line up. And I'm so thankful for that. And I think that's a always keep your eye open. You never know what other opportunities are coming, even if it seems like maybe it's not right. You know, when you have the gut feeling or the, the goosebumps or for me, whispers, I feel like if you can, you should jump on those opportunities. I don't mess around with that stuff. I understand that. Now, here you are after you've had the business going, you're making enough income to keep things going. Your mm -hmm. partners leave. Is that like the worst time of your life? Because <laughs> you've got 25,000 followers to me, which is a pretty good thing to have. Mm -hmm. And money can be made from that, providing you sell the right product. So mm -hmm. what was wrong? What, uh, maybe I should ask it this way. What was the big failure in business that just kind of made things, you know, fall apart here? Oh, Tony, I like that. You know what my biggest failure now that I can see almost 11 years in is that I was too afraid to ask for more help. I think I was, I was pushing myself down because money has always been tight and I never, I didn't have any money. So I was like, oh, if I hire help, what if, what if then I don't have any money? You know, that was like pushing me down and, and my two business partners at the time in their defense, again, they weren't making any money and they didn't have the passion and the, the vision for what, you know, I could see it to be. But when the website took off, when that article was published, then not long after that, I was able to hire a team and the, and it exploded from there. I had to put my trust and my faith in other people who are much more talented than me. I mean, you should see our, I, Tony, we were, we're still ranking, I think, on articles in SEO that have like misspelled titles. You know, I think they're fixed now, but I had really good editors come in and, and help me and do all those things. And now because I'm surrounded with an incredible team, the website can really take off. But I've noticed that even, even now, day to day, I have to make sure that I can put my trust in other people and find the right teammates team members to really grow the business. And I believe I have now. So what would you say is the, the crux of keeping the business going and sustaining you, you talked about, you do SEO, you've hired writers. What was it that made it actually no longer a failure? If I could say it that way, but actually successful <laughs> where you can get up every day and now you've got money to, you know, or income yep. to buy other things. We want to learn from you. We're entrepreneurs, we're businessmen, you know, we're thinking maybe while you're talking, I was thinking, gosh, you know, should I, I hear about a blog all the time. Should I write a blog, but it's a lot of work. You, you went through that hump. So what can you teach us about this? Mm. I'm still there, Tony. It's so hard every day, especially without it's changing so much. The internet has changed dramatically in 11 years. Um, for me, I had to find a balance. So I was working so hard, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs know, especially in those early years. I, I really, it kind of can make me emotional sometimes of thinking of all the 
the time that I spent away from my kids, away from my husband, because I was growing the business. So I had to have support was a big one. So I always tell people to, my husband's a great guy and I, he was always there to help. He also works a full-time job, um, but he always believed in me. So I always tell our writers or anybody who's trying to start something, I said, you got to find one person who can believe in you and be honest with you. That is super important to me. I think that's more important even than money. You know, we didn't have a lot of finances to start, but I found people along the way who believed in the project. That was a huge piece for me. Um, so support boundaries. I think you have to set up boundaries. Um, for me, I have to log off at night. I try to by, you know, five o'clock and it's, it's constant, right? Where it's online is, is nonstop. And depending on parts of the world, people are reading articles at two in the morning, you know, but if I don't take that break, and set up that boundary, I find myself getting very burned out. And then I'm frustrated with the business. Then I don't want to do it. I can tell when I can step away each evening and come back each day, I'm refreshed and rejuvenated. Um, so that's another big thing for me. So support and boundaries, I would say, are the two, two big ones for me. Leslie, this next question may sound like something I've asked before, but it's really, really different. What about <laughs> challenges? okay, we, we've gone through this, we've gone through your failures, partners leaving this and that. And it's, mm -hmm. it, you know, there's other sides and I always like to get the other facets. It's like, you've got to grow this and make it sustainable to pay the mortgage and do all these other things. So what was your biggest challenge from working from home and how did you deal with that? Mm. Not knowing what social media is going to do. So another big one, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. You know how everyone says that. I mean, everyone, but it's so true for us. We have, I don't even know, six, seven different income sources coming in from all different things. Um, but also with that, you don't want to put too much in everything and then you're bad at everything. You know what I mean? You don't want to put your focus on 15 things and then not be great at that. I always say, now, 11 years in, start with a few. So whenever writers are starting and they're trying to start their own website or blog or book or whatever they're doing, I, I say, start with a few things that you can do well and then branch out and then try to get other revenue streams or, or another avenue um, for you to take. So for us, Facebook was always a big one. Um, that was a big one that we worked on to grow and email was another one. So Facebook and email were our first two. And once I had those going, then we branched out. We did Instagram. We're, we're doing a little more on Twitter. We're doing more video. We have our book. We have courses. I mean, there's, there's multiple things we can do now because we feel like we've really become experts in a couple areas. And I mean, we tell great stories. We're incredible writers and they come to us and now they're telling powerful stories, but it's, it's the community that we've built in those almost 11 years now that I think keep people coming back. Leslie, 11 years into it, you've taken some household words, words we all, we've all heard, but then we've heard the words sugar, flour, vanilla, milk, and cream, but doesn't mean we can go in the kitchen and make a really good 
chocolate souffle or something. So we've heard these words. You've taken these into a brand. You've made a thing out of it. Is it because kind of go into how you did you stumble upon that? Or you did you have some planning going, hey, I could go somewhere with this. I could help people kind of want to discuss your brand and how that grew. Yep. Okay, great. So now, Tony, at first it was like, what random broadcast journalism girl? I just want to tell stories. And so really it was the first, gosh, 10 or 15 writers were just friends. And the website kind of grew from the stories that they told. One liked to talk about her marriage. One had a really tragic story that she would talk about. So the grief was on there. And it kind of formed from the articles that the writers were starting to share. And, and then I would say probably like three or four years in before I realized what those pillars were for her view. So for her view from home, our writers really focus on motherhood, marriage, faith, grief and relationships. And it's, you're going to find heartfelt content. You're not going to have anything that's preaching or teaching. It's really just storytelling, storytelling from the heart. And I, I will say, once we figured that part out, Tony, then it's a lot easier. You know, they always talk about niche it down, niche it down. It's true. Even though it feels like her view has so many topics, it really is niched into those five categories and you are going to find emotional, you're going to cry. I mean, you're going to cry when you're reading content on her view, but in a good way, you're going to find that heartfelt, real, real stories from real women. And, and that is her view. And that's our, that's our niche. I like that. And we've alluded this to this a little bit earlier. And it's very true working from home. We love it. That commute. I mean, 30 second commute, come on versus three right? hours. <laughs> what can you say? It's 30 seconds is great, but the distractions are sometimes insurmountable. I don't know how everyone particularly works, but for me, you know, sometimes waking up in the morning, I've got this, 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 all these things on my mind to just sit down and just start knocking out these things to do. You know, I've got, battle plans and things all being formed in my head. And then the distractions come, different things that aren't so important that could wait till later, but they come to you to deal with them now. And on top of that, I'm a little being a little silly, you have three wonderful children that also want your attention and so forth. So how do you deal with all of that and still grow your brand and your business? Yeah, um, I had to learn how to work in time slots. I, I also had daycare. So I will fully say that for my youngest, he went to daycare. Um, so I couldn't do it with him at home. I have writers who have kids running all over. I'm like, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you guys do it. Well, truly actually, because when I was working at the chamber, I was working all day and then starting Herbie from home, I would really work on the business at night after the kids went to bed. But at this point, at this point, almost 11 years in, I'm like, no, I do not want to work at midnight anymore. I've done that. So I have to just be very strategic. And I know I get the bulk of my work done from nine in the morning to two in the afternoon. I schedule, try to schedule all my meetings during that time because at, after two, I'm like picking up kids. Now I have teenagers and they're like, my girls are 14, 12, and then my son's five. So I'm like, 
all over. I mean, life is just crazy, right? I'm running all over the place for taxis for them all over, all over after like three o'clock, I'm just running them everywhere. So I, I just have learned that I have to stay focused during that time. It's, it's interesting too, because sometimes people think that you're home, then you can do more things or you can meet me for this, or you can volunteer for that. And you do, you just have to set up that boundary and tell people, no, I can't. I'm working. One of our editors, she's really great. She has to do this a lot because people will be like, oh, you can help. No, I have to work from this time to this time. Otherwise I'm up at midnight and who wants, I don't want to do that, Tony. I don't want to do, I don't want to do that anymore. So I just have to be really strict with myself. But I love that question because a lot of people say I couldn't work from home. I couldn't do what you, what you do. Oh yeah, you could. Yeah. Yeah, you could. It's pretty great. (laughs) I like the fact that you've set a time from nine to 2 PM. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard that before in interviewing anybody that they set that kind of a time when they work from home. And I think that's really helpful. Hey, why don't you come here and do soccer practice? It's one o'clock. Sorry, I'm working until two o'clock. I like that. Boom. And I have no shame in saying that. I'm like, it's my sanity. I have to have that. Yeah. (laughs) And it shows, it shows in the success of your business. And Leslie, you've come out with a new book. Can you tell us about it? Oh, Tony. So, you know, I, I, talk a little bit about whispers and the goosebumps. And sometimes I think the whole purpose for her view was for this book and what it can become. Um, 2020, April of 2020, the year that, you know, should not be mentioned sitting in my bathtub because that's where all the best ideas come apparently. And we've known for a long time that we should do a book, you know, like our our whole writing community. We're like, man, Herbie should do a book, but I, I knew titles were important and I'm just like, I don't know what it is yet. And we um, we've actually had articles on her view do really well called uh, like, so God gave me sons. God gave me, God made a grandma, all these things. And they do really, really well. And I'm in the tub and I'm like, so God made a mother. That would be an incredible book title. It would be so good. And it is beautiful. It is made up of 10 different chapters um, from nearly 100 Hervey from Home contributors. And I lead the writers through. And we say, if you are a mother or you have a mother or you know a mother, it's for you because it truly is um, every chapter every mother will relate, every woman will relate because it's not, it's broken up into characteristics of mothers. So it's, so God made a mother brave. So God made a mother beautiful. And the stories talk about just the real raw, vulnerable parts of motherhood in each chapter of whether you have a newborn or a teen, or you're a grandma, you just, oh, you relate to these. And Tony, I, I think I mean, I know I'm a little out there, but I mean, I think this can be the next chicken soup for the soul. I mean, I really do. I see it as, so God made a boy mom. So God made a grandma. So God made casserole. I mean, I just see all these things. I just really feel it. I think the world needs it. It is a beautiful book that you're going to pick up and relate to, and no one is going to preach at you or teach you anything, but you, you just will feel connected to these women and these stories. And I cannot wait for the world to read it. Leslie, I absolutely love that concept and title. And I think it is so important. It brings people down to earth, brings people to reality. And it really, it starts from really where it's at. 
God made us. We did not spontaneously combust. Yep. <laughs> you know, for I used to joke about this for years on interviews. Uh, probably nobody's heard it for a while, but there was a time every day for years, I would go outside my house and I would look at a little patch of dirt and I would wait for something to spontaneously come about and nothing, no, no chicken, nothing ever just went poof, here I am. <laughs> It doesn't work that way. It it takes it takes intelligence. It takes God, and uh, and I'm sticking with that. So I love that title. I love how it starts, and I think you've got a runaway success with that. All you have to do is just you know work nine to two and persevere. <laughs> just keep going. Just keep going. And now you know we've learned a couple things, and I kind of want to put it together. Here we are. We are entrepreneurs. We are businessmen. Mm -hmm. You know, we're listening to this because we want to learn from you. You've you've made you've made it where a lot of us have had a lot of failures doing this, doing that, trying this. There used to be an old marketing saying, you know, take a bunch of stuff, throw it on the wall, see what sticks. See what sticks. Yeah. You know, you found something that sticks. So what right. can, what else can we learn from you about growing a successful business from home? You know, we do other things. We're coaches, we're, we are authors, we're, we're podcast hosts. We do a lot of different things, but a lot of us do it from home and we want to be able to grow with that. So we'd love any other wisdom or success or guidance that you can share with us on that. You know, I think you had mentioned it earlier, Tony, of of when I was sharing the story and that it was bigger than me and there's a bigger purpose, bigger mission. I'm not going to say it was easy because it definitely wasn't. And it almost failed several times. <laughs> but I think I knew that even if it did, even if it did fail, that this wasn't it. You know, I, I think I, I knew there was a bigger purpose for me. For me, it's it's my family and my faith, and that keeps me really grounded. And and I always say, you know, truly, you never know what could happen to the internet tomorrow. And if it all goes away, I would still be okay. I think I think I would be okay serving cheese at a grocery store. I mean, I just think you can't put you can't find your happiness necessarily in what you're doing. I think it comes from something else. And for me, it's, there's a bigger purpose in all of it. Um, I, I would have been sad and I, I did almost fail. So, you know, that it would have not been fun to find a job that I didn't love, but I, I just, I don't know. I think knowing that and knowing that there was a bigger purpose helped me, you know, push forward and, and keep going. I think, and I agree with you on that, I think part of it and the key part is finding that purpose, which, which we talked about. We we beat it up a little bit earlier. When you're on your purpose, it, it doesn't even matter what money you make. I know people that work at a company for less money than they would get from another company, but they love it there so much. Yep. They feel they're fulfilling their purpose so much. It's not about money. It's about how you feel, how you are. And I think that's the strongest thing. And as I say, as I've said for many times, when you're willing to get up every day and not make any money, but do whatever it is you're doing, that's, that's your item. That's, that's, and then that's, that's, the, that's what we all want, right? I mean, we, we all want to find that happiness. So even if you're working at your job that uh, you don't like, and you just have to do it, find something that gives you that joy. I, I, you know, I don't know. And maybe I've always lived like that too. I just can't live in that negative spot. I just have to find something that, that brings up a, a positive outlook on life each day. And you know, even if that other thing that you just mentioned 
doesn't bring the money in, but you can do it nights and weekends while you're making your income to, to keep your lights going. And then take that thing, that item that you're working nights and weekends and make it into something because it's yep. your passion. It's, it's, or, it's orchids, it's, it's gardening, it's, it's wrenching on old cars. It's, it's, any, it's whatever really just gets you going no matter what. And that can be brought and made into a great booming business, just like you did with, I'm not familiar with all your subjects, you know, motherhood, grief, yep. children, you know, you've taken these ordinary, and I don't, I don't even want to say ordinary, but regular words, home day yep. words, and you've made it into something because of that passion. So I hope every one of our audience listens to that and gets that point, because when you've got the right thing, it's like, you know, it's like going from to 70 miles an hour on the freeway when you're going 60. It's it's not that much harder and you can go a lot faster with it. So yep. Yep. I really think that's great. Well, Leslie, this has been wonderful. I loved it. Once again, we talked about our view from home with Leslie Means. And you can find her at your at you can find her at her viewfromhome.com, also on Instagram and on Facebook. You can find her, just search. Leslie, thank you so much for sharing with thank us. Thank you, today. Tony. I loved it. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took her vision to reality. We discussed our view from home with Leslie Means. We talked about, well, she had what I consider a dream job as a TV anchor, and she went ahead to take a job at the local chamber. From there, she entered a competition at the University of Nebraska, and she won, thereby setting her off on her website, creating her faith-based brand. We talked about her failures, challenges, and how she managed her business while raising her children at home, which I think was quite brilliant. And I think that's something we can all learn about. And she discussed her new book with us, which I think is gonna be a runaway bestseller. So let me ask you, what did we discuss that resonated with you? Let us know. And please remember supporting the show with a nice review on Apple Podcasts. You can find Apple Podcasts from any web or mobile device. Please try and leave a kind review. I thank you so much. All right, use this and let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks and remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.